very wonderful Sunday school class, and I just found out that we're one of very few churches that have Sunday school classes anymore. We encourage you to come to our Sunday school class. And I believe we're probably ready to begin. Go by way of television. We just want to welcome those who are joining us by way of television. And this is uh, one of your own only means of, of worship. And we consider it a real honor and a privilege to come into your, your homes by way of radio and television. And we want to thank all those who uh, contribute in prayer and financially to make this possible. We have a lot going on during our worship today, so we're going to turn immediately to our opening hymn, Blessed Assurance, Purple Hymnals number 369, Blessed Assurance.
before you sit down and turn to our next number, maybe um, give one another just a little fist, fist bump this morning and welcome and church reminding of our fellowship out.
And Kathy, before you leave, if you could give us a little update on Paul's condition, Paul's gait. Um, again, thanks for all your prayers, Thank you. A number of people have asked, and, and just this past weekend, and I had long conversations with um, our district superintendent. Um, we're circulating a card because wife Deb Johnson has COVID, and um, Dan was having a dry cough almost the entire couple hours that we were talking. He was symptomatic to COVID by way of Zoom and Zoom and dual. He was carrying on his responsibilities as a district superintendent. Also heard from the Winter Roads, Jeannie and Joe were exposed and they're in quarantine. And their son, Al, in, in Alaska was diagnosed with COVID and he's, I believe, like par paralyzed from almost the arms down. So there's a breathing um, problem there too. So remember, um, the Peterson family and your thoughts and prayers, Al Peterson and also the Reverend um, Dan Johnson family. And we have a couple cards in the back and you want to make sure and sign those cards. At this time, let us go to the Lord in prayer. The psalmist was given this to write by God through the Holy Spirit in Psalm 33, 12 that blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord, and the people for whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Father, we come to you with multitudes of difficulties and problems to today, our, our nation. Despite America's current condition, most Christians who are spiritually attuned to what the Lord of heaven has to say about the peoples of the earth know no, this has been, since its inception, a God-blessed nation. And while we look around at the national and the world landscapes today, we, we can say that America's blessings look, look to be headed in the opposite direction. Just considering the conditions that have resulted from the political, political chaoses, the so-called um, pandemic and now the complete disaster, that the Afghan withdrawal seems to be producing, the beheading of children, beheading of children, it's not difficult to reach the conclusion that this nation has been weighed in the balance and found wanting. It's being asked in, in such spiritually attuned quarters whether we are now seeing the handwriting on the wall. While most believe the Afghan cut and run decision to be terrified, a terrible error by a, a commander-in-chief who, who is of diminishing mental capacity, a, a more prophetically specific take and picture of interest recently that, that some geo-geo-strategists 
former clandestine service types heard have caused many of us to think in another direction than the, the mental incapacitation stand, it stands and slant. These are pointing out that, the, that whoever is directing the current American presidential administration is, is using the dim, diminished mental matter as a, as a ruse. In actuality, it may be what is happening is a, the global reset, the global demonic resets being carried out. The whole Afghan stand matter, believe, is to be piled on America's inevitable fall. We have very little mention of the mass of territory in the United States being about the second coming of Christ. And the Afghan debacle is, is one more part of the globalist, the globalist blueprint. First, it was the, the stolen, the stolen American election, then, and that followed the years-long internal assaults by the U.S. so-called intelligence services, news, fake news, entertainment media, some top military people, and the extreme left ideological wickedness. Then bursts onto the scene the, the pandemic with the mass, the vaccines, and all the rest of the efforts to control, to control, and in control it was and in all part of bringing about this global reset that we've heard about now for several years. And that strategy is, is being implemented by the evil powers and principalities, both human and demonic, of Ephesians chapter 6, 12, I believe. It seems that Satan's blueprint in that regard, is at the center of the accusations by the collective American patriot geopolitical thinkers we've heard putting forth this theory. And again, that, that theory is that this president's quickly diminishing mental capacity is, is being used as a ruse, a ruse to the minions, the minions of hope implement their global reset the whole Afghan debacle was pre-planned and is being implemented. What we've been witnessing in the Afghan situation is not an error, but it is a planned military, presidential military planning. And we see, O oh Lord, in prophecy, the, the whole so-called Gog, Magog coalition. We see, O oh Lord, that it's like looking at a movie. The creative scenes of the film's director force our eyes to initially see a, a blurred vision and a blurred vista. Maybe, maybe it's a desert scene, and at first the scene that appears to be a, a barren waste, and then the, the camera lens turns and suddenly the view heightens and lightens to precisely a frame, a group of camels and people moving in a far distance, and, the scene is no longer blurry, it's, it's finely tuned focus, letting the movie watcher know that this is a caravan of some sort traversing a desert-like wilderness. And Lord, you reminded this, that this is a way it seems when we considered a particular Bible prophecy that must be relatively near to its time of fulfillment the recent geopolitical 
gyrations in Afghanistan and the Middle East in general seem to be orchestrated by a foreknowing director who is bringing into a sharper image the events setting up the Gog, Magog prophecy. And we know, of course, who the director is, the God who issued the prophecy in the first place, Ezekiel chapter 38, 2 through 8. As the Bible says, sons of individuals set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, and prophesy against them and say, Thus saith the Lord our God, Behold, I am against thee, O God, the chief prince of Meshech. Bring thee forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields and all of them handling swords, Persia and Ethiopia and Libya, with them all, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all the bands, the houses Togarath and of the north quarters and all the bands and many people with thee. Be thou prepared and prepare thyself thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee and be thou a guard unto them. And after many days thou shalt be visited in the latter times and years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many against the mountains of Israel, which thou hast always seen his waste, but has brought it forth now out of nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them, Ezekiel 38, 2 through 8. We have, O Lord, for months, maybe, maybe for years now, been observing the, the Gog, Magog, assault force, policing, that it, it's, been a, it, it's been a process, and with Israel, of course, always in the center, the region is incessantly of concern for the new world order, the great reset, the order builders who see Israel as being the holdup in peace for the region and the world. The United States and the majority of its nations has always, it seemed like, are the United Nations, not the United States, but the United Nations, the majority of its nations have always voted against this tiny Jewish state in most every issue of conflict involving the nation. These global problems, Father, are often confused with our own personal problems and the, the many antichrists that are growing up in the world that may lead to the, the global antichrist, the real antichrist, the, the true cashless society. We pray, Father, for our nearest immediate needs as we remember the Peterson family and Al Peterson, who's incapacitated in the state of Alaska and has COVID. We pray that you'd be with Peterson family back here, especially mom, Janet. Pray with the sisters and the brothers, and especially um, the winter olds, Jeannie, and she's troubled and she would have been here today and as they were going to sponsor the, the fellowship hour immediately following and we just kind of stepped up to the plate and made that possible with their items. We also pray for our district superintendent, the Reverend District Superintendent Dan Johnson is 
beloved wife who have recently gone through the death of a grandchild, very talented musical young lady who had a massive seizure and died. And it's, it just seems like the hounds of hell are beating against their door, devastating and destroying them. As we look forward to in a couple of weeks and Gary and Kathy and Robin and sharing their ex experiences the first Sunday in October about their experiences on the newly developing and newly formed global Methodist Church, which will be much like the Wesleyan Church and the EUB, the former Evangelical United Brethren, and as the conservative churches are breaking away from this very liberal United Methodist Church. There's so many issues, Father, that we could address. We could have services each and every day to bring us up to speed on what's going on in the world. Speak to our hearts, O Lord, as you spoke to those early disciples. Remind us always that we need to pray. And as we pray your prayer, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. If you're joining us by way of television, had a couple selected portions of scripture, and we're trying to progress through Luke and very powerful passages of scripture in Luke. But we're also trying to keep our eyes on the news media that the occurrences in our society and this so-called great reset that, that the globalists and, and a few families in the world are trying to um, coordinate a, a movement, a, a real non-Christian antichrist movement. And that scripture will, will be largely based on Revelations 13, 16 through 18, which I want to um, particularly emphasize, and I'll be dealing with that cashless society that Revelation 13 deals with, but, and Mike will be dealing with um, Luke chapter 11, verses 14 through 20, and Mike, is, as you prepare to come, would you come? And let us turn as a congregation in our Bibles first to Luke chapter 11, verses 14 through 20, please. Probably I've never lived in a time where there's so many issues to deal with. I'd like to be able to talk incessantly about the things that are occurring. It's nice for me to um, go to a Sunday school class or a class where I can just kind of sit back and kind of gleam on other truths that are being brought. But um, we need to be alert. There's very churches, very few churches that are singing the alert bell of what's going on in the world. We'd just like to have our ears tickled. But Luke chapter 11, verses 14 through 20, talks about Jesus and Beelzebub and Satan. Reading now from God's word according to Luke chapter 11, 14 through 20. Now he was casting out a demon that was mute. And when the demon had gone out, the one who had been mute spoke, and the crowds were amazed. But some of them said, he casts out 
demons by Belzebub, the ruler of the demons. Others, to test Jesus, kept demanding from him a sign from heaven, but he knew what they were thinking. And he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself becomes a desert, and a house fails, falls on this. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdoms end? Or, for you say that I cast out the demons by Beelzebub. But if I cast out the demons by Beelzebub, by whom do you exorcist cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger, the finger of God that I cast out the demons, then the kingdom of God has come to you. Then if you turn with me to Revelation chapter 13, John's letter to you and I many years ago describes a cashless society. Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 and following. Also, it causes all both small and great, both rich and poor, that includes you and I, both free and slave, to be marked in the right hand or the forehead so that no one can buy or sell who does not have the mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let anyone with understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a person. Its number is 666. God bless the reading and the learning of his word. Amen. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning. We should know that demons have many ways they can affect us as humans. This demon chose to make this man mute. I hate giving credit to a demon, but what a very effective choice that is. Because God created and give us, gave us tongues to foremost worship him and praise him. It's interesting to note that other demons the Lord had cast out of other people in Luke 3 and Mark 12 were also mute. Realize that Satan and his demons have one mission. One mission. The demons all have one mission. That is harming and destroying God's beloved people, the human race. The only people left out of this majority of people being harassed and hurt by demons are those of us who choose to love and have faith in Jesus Christ. Now Jesus knew what these people were thinking. They were thinking he was casting out the demon by the power of Beelzebub. So Jesus said, every kingdom divided against itself is laid to waste, and a divided house falls. And if Satan is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebub, but I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. He mentioned that, them casting out demons because they had limited exorcism rights handed down to them from Solomon. Their very conclusion of Jesus using Beelzebub to cast out demons is a great example of how dangerous feelings can be. Jesus had dominion and ruled over all demonic power. The people were ignorant of the truth 
and felt that Jesus was driving out demons with the power of Satan. Feelings are normal and often welcome and productive, but we should always make sure that we discern them, especially before we share them with others, because they may and can be just as wrong as assumptions. Jesus continued, but if it's by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then it is the kingdom of God that has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed guards his place, his goods are in peace. But one, one stronger than him assails and overcomes him. He takes away that armor in which he trusted and divides the spoil. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. He continued, when the unclean spirit has gone out of the man, he passed through waterless places seeking rest. When finding none, he says, I will return to my house, which I came. And when he found it swept and put in order, he can't go in, so he goes and finds seven other spirits, more evil than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Notice that the demon referred to this victim as his home or his house. Jesus used power over his domain to show that his kingdom was at hand and that a stronger man in that represents Jesus. The problem the demon had when returning with the victim's body was that the Lord had swept and cleaned up that person's body and soul. The trash had been removed and the demon couldn't live in the perfectly clean host. The man's body was now holy ground with and because of the presence of Jesus. When it comes to faith and having faith in Jesus, there is no such thing as neutrality. None. Zero. You are either with Jesus or you're against him. I shouldn't have to mention this, but I will. Your team on is displayed by your jersey. If you're not with Jersey, you're, if you're not with Jesus, your jersey is red. And we think we know whose team you are on if you're not with Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. You know, um, psychologists and theologians are almost in agreement that we've never lived in a more almost self-absorbed time since like, the coming of Jesus when they were so preoccupied with re religiosity, the scribes and the Pharisees, and they were so into patting themselves on the back and taking care of their, their own concerns. They, they missed totally the first coming of Christ. We're living in a day and age where we want to pat ourselves on the back and give us uh, all forms of spiritual medication so we can kind of just sleep through the difficulties and look, look at ourselves. We're kind of navel watchers. The um, situation that's occurring with the COVID situation, the COVID pandemic has accelerated the trend, has accelerated the trend toward a cashless society Experts give two reasons, and I believe these two reasons are, are certainly the, the trend of the times. First, last year, during the lockdowns, people were, were forced to purchase products from e-commerce sites such as Amazon instead of the brick and mortar retail um, stores. And then secondly, people now fear handling money. They fear handling money and coins over concern that the currency could be contaminated with the um, coronavirus. 
The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued the, the official guidance last year to retail workers in response to the pandemic, which advocated for the use of, of touchless payment options. Touchless payment options. After the CDC guidance was issued, cash withdrawals, cash withdrawals from ATMs plunged nearly 30%. 30% nationwide, according to industry, industry figures. PayPal, PayPal, which is a digital payment company, um, saw their payment volume increase nearly 60%. Increased 60% in the first quarter of the year compa compared with the same quarter in 2020, which was largely pre-pandemic. Square, have an interesting organization, Square, which processes digital sales reported an incredible nearly 100%, near 100% increase in cashless, cashless purchases. In San Francisco, the San Francisco Chronicle art article dated July 2nd, 2021, a spokesman for Square, Square said, the shift away from cash usage in this past year would have taken nearly three years. Three years to accomplish without the, without the pandemic. Small businesses are suffering because of this move to, to a cashless, cashless society. Most banks collect nearly 4%. I recently went in to have a vehicle serviced and, and they said, you know, if you can pay by cash or by check, because when it's by card, it's, they charge this particular dealership 3.4% in fees on every credit card transaction, which is a significant expense for, for the, small, the small businesses. Many of the mom and pop operations that were forced to close during the pandemic have yet to reopen and some likely will never reopen because of the extra the extra cost involved to to move to the digital payments and we see the the money money being removed the acceleration towards a, a cashless cashless society it's not surprising considering bible prophecy and a cashless society is a requirement for the future the future one world global reset for the future one world system of the Antichrist, the Antichrist. The Apostle John in the book of Revelation spoke to you and I, and I've been speaking about the subject for over 50 years and, and wondering, you know, will it ever occur? Is this a prophecy that will occur? Will we as a church see it or will we be raptured or taken out of the world before, you know, and I've always believed in a, a rapture, a, a post-trib, you know, we're going to be taken out, rescued like Noah and, and the survivors on the ark, and a pre-trib rather than a post-trib or mid-trib or, you know, mid-trib or post-trib following a tribulation, but some say, 
you know, how can it get any worse? Well, it can get a lot worse. And Scripture, Revelation chapter 13, 16 through 18 says, and he causes, and he causes all both great and small, both rich and poor, both bond and free to receive a mark on their right hand or, or on their foreheads. And that no one might buy or sell save the one that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And scripture says, here is wisdom. Let that person hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it's a number of a, of a human being. And his number is the number 600, six score and six. Now, Revelation calls for a day when a world leader will require all people to receive this mark in their forehead or right hand without which they cannot buy or sell. And not too long ago, not too long ago, the um, idea of a world where a person could control all the buying and selling on earth seemed unbelievable, incomprehensible. After all, the world economy is so cash-based. People may, anywhere who possessed cash could still buy and sell. Only in a cashless world can the Antichrist control all the buying and all the selling. And today, today for the first time in history, this prophecy can now be easily, easily fulfilled. The one world government of the Antichrist could simply block someone's electronic bank account and credit cards, which would completely cut off our ability to purchase, purchase goods. The mark received, the, the um, Greek word used for the mark of the beast is chargama. In ancient times, the word chargama was always associated with the, with the Roman Roman emperor, it was his official stamp or seal which contained his name, his image, and the year of his reign. And it was necessary for the buying and the selling and was on all documents attested to their validity. And the Antichrist will use this um, mark in the same way. The mark will identify allegiance allegiance to the so-called Antichrist. It will be on the right hand or forehead and will be visible in some way or recognition. Label or tattoo, my last Wells Fargo card that I got, I just take it and tap it on. And I don't have to swipe it, I don't have to stick it in, it just, you tap it. And the second tap, it's got all your information. When I was growing up, seemed just like yesterday, folks, but it was a long time ago. When I was growing up, only soldiers, soldiers and, and primarily sailors, had tattoos. And it seemed like at that time, I. I just really have to think back on, I can't remember any girl that I knew during high school time or woman 
had a tattoo unless they worked in the circus. And today it's a, it's a rare, it's a rare exception for a woman almost not to have a tattoo. Seems like society has changed. It, it could be, be very well be a mark uh, somewhat as typical as a tattoo, a type. And those who refuse the mark of the beast will be persecuted, will be shut out of society altogether. No one will be able to buy or sell. Revelation chapter 13 reminds us, buy or sell or be a part of any service or product. They will be barred from employment. They'll be barred from shopping. And eventually, they will face bankruptcy and starvation. But those who receive the mark of the beast will, will suffer eternal judgment. Taking the mark signifies approval of the Antichrist. No one accidentally, I, I believe no one accidentally takes this mark. People will, will choose to do so with the facts on the table. All who take the mark of the beast will be consigned to eternal fire and damnation and wrath. Their suffering will last forever since they chose to worship. Chose to worship and serve the Antichrist instead of the one true God, according to Revelation chapter 14, 14, 9 to 11. And then there's going to be a big revelation. The mark of the beast is so-called 666. Bible Interpreters have offered many suggestions as to the meaning of 666. Some believe that seven is the number of, of perf perfection. 777 has always represented the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that 666 points to the unholy Trinity. Some think that 666 is a, is a computer, computer chip, an ID ID card or barcode. Some have even suggested that numbers refer to a specific person and people use the, the B.O., the Barack Hussein Obama name and, and Joe Biden's name as an antichrist because of their names. However, the Bible does not necessarily identify the antichrist or interprets that number or identify the Antichrist or interpret that number. Instead, the Bible says that when the Antichrist is revealed during the tribulation, the number of the name will be 666. Any guesses? Any guesses as to the Antichrist's identity or his number before he's revealed are probably speculation. But I believe it may be somewhat impractical to attempt to identify that person until after the rapture, and hopefully I'll be gone, so there won't be too much weight on my shoulders anymore because you by way of television or radio, and I think I can safely say those who worship here at all of it have heard me speak of this before, and they're up on their Bibles, and they're up on what's going on in the world. The Apostle Paul tells us that the rapture is a prerequisite for the Antichrist being revealed publicly according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 6 or 9. Father God, this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed and those by way of radio and television, they 
The rush towards a cashless society is, is another of the signs that we are living at the end of the age. The clock is ticking and time is running out. The coming of Jesus Christ could be very soon imminent. And that should motivate us to live for Jesus, live for Jesus in these last days. If we're not a believer, we should pray seriously and consider receiving Jesus as our Savior right now. If we do not, before the rapture occurs, we'll join in that glorious gathering. And we need to accept Jesus to miss that terrible tribulation. For we see all of us from pulpit to pew are guilty of sin and And our sin separates us from God. But Jesus Christ paid the price to redeem us. The the price Jesus paid was worth more than any amount of money. Jesus paid for our sins with his blood when he died on the cross, according to Romans chapter 5, 8. For if we truly turn away from our sin, if we turn to Jesus and we believe on his name, we will be forgiven, according to Acts chapter 10, 43. If we give our, our lives to Christ, Not only talk the talk, but walk the walk. If we give our life to Christ now, before our money and our time runs out. For Mark chapter 8, 36 says, For what shall it profit a person if they gain the whole world and, and then lose their souls? There are so many timely things. And the more I read the Bible and and consume the truths, and nearly fifty some times I've read the, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, I, I begin to really truly understand why the book is called a pregnant book, because every nine months it's giving birth to new ideas and new insights and new revelations. We need to study to prove ourselves and to improve ourselves, because Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, and we need to really sharpen ourselves in the times that we live in. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we need to rededicate and reconfirm our faith in Christ by saying, Jesus, we admit we've sinned and fallen short of your glory and things we've done and left undone. Forgive us, O Lord. Come into our hearts and lives. Empower us through your Holy Spirit. Be, may we be on alert for your soon coming. In Jesus' name, amen. As we turn to our closing part of our service here, we do appreciate those who send in their prayers. Remember us in your prayers and, and financially, and, and we know that we touch many of the hearts and the lives of people by, by radio and by television. And um, we try to cover so many topics in just that brief hour that we're allowed into your home. Let us turn to our offertory prayer and our bulletins and let us unite in this prayer as the ushers circulate the offering plate. Gracious God, grant us the grace to be extravagant in our gifts we give to you. Help us to be wise and just in how we live with the resources we keep. Guide us in the way to lives that bear the fruit that is pleasing to you lives full of mercy and compassion. Free us from envy and selfish ambition that leads us away from you, that we might draw near to you. We pray in the love and hope that is in Jesus our Savior. Amen.
As the ushers circulate the plates, let us turn to our offertory hymn, O Jesus, I Have Promised, Purple, number 396, please.
Would you please stand with me for the doxology? Almighty giver of all good and perfect gifts, grow in us the wisdom to know that all we have to give is in our hands, only because you have given to us first. Remind us that you have called us in Christ to be gentle, to be patient, to be loving, and at one with your children everywhere. And may the gifts we have been given and the gifts we share reflect the debt of our gratitude for your many blessings. We pray this in the holy name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Chris, would you give us a little instruction on, on the coffee hour? Before we go into this next sermon, I spoke very deep on Sadly, I have a sign on my house since August 20th, Revelation 13, 16, sadly, issue. We've seen 